what's going on? Welcome to this brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. And today is a special, special edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. It is Star Wars Day, so happy May the 4th to everybody out there that are huge Star Wars fans. Of course, this is a big day for everyone that celebrates the galaxy that is far, far away. So today is really going to be talking a lot about Star Wars. And I'll, I'll save a lot of other movie stuff that comes out today, a lot, of, a lot of other movie news for tomorrow. But today, I just want to kind of make it a big Star Wars special on the Sam Bissell pa- podcast. And so I'm going to be doing a review of the series premiere for the new animated show from Star Wars, and that is The Bad Batch. And I'm also going to be getting into some personal rankings of mine and kind of talking about the the movies of Star Wars and what I really love about it. And so that's really what this show is going to be about today. And I want to kind of talk and, and start out with really kind of talking about, I think, the, the the significance of something like a Star Wars day, because we have, there are bigger, there are big franchises in, in movie history and in Hollywood right now. You look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and even though we have Star Wars, arguably the MCU is the biggest franchise in the world today. And you look at franchises like the Jurassic franchise or the James Bond franchise or the Batman franchise, and there's or Lord of the Rings. There, there are so many iconic franchises throughout movie history that have significance and and huge fan bases throughout the world but what what Star Wars has been able to accomplish since 1977 throughout the decades spanning generations no other franchise has really been able to truly do that and no other franchise can really hold a day like Star Wars does Marvel certainly doesn't have a day where they celebrate everything Marvel everyone does that whenever they do want to celebrate Marvel but specifically today and even tomorrow for Revenge the 5th everyone celebrates May the 4th and makes it an official unofficial official holiday for Star Wars where even the likes of of Disney and Lucasfilm include and partake in it as well where they actually have shows debut on May the 4th and they have news pop up on May the 4th and merchandise and things that go on in the Disney parks and, and that have been announced over the, the last few hours of today so it's just it really is a special special day for a lot of people where they just kind of get together on social media and or 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 on Disney Plus and watch the movies or the shows and just be able to celebrate something that is so iconic and so amazing, such a landmark in Hollywood history and in the way that it really kind of revolutionized the, the movie industry, not just from the aspect of being this big spectacle that everyone wanted to see, but also from how it was able to push the, the, the age of visual effects in Hollywood and how it revolutionized how filmmakers use technology to make movies and how it opened up a whole big plethora of opportunities for so many different creative heads to make certain aspects of films and create whole new departments from digital age technology to visuals and and all these different things that weren't really around before Star Wars came about and how really even after Star Wars or now what we call A New Hope came out in 1977, how it really kind of created this new wave of wanting sci-fi movies movies to be kind of the big spectacle of the 80s and and really kind of take take hold so it's just amazing to kind of hear the history 
of what Star Wars endured and how really, again, you have big franchises and, and, and long franchises that have expanded decades and decades throughout the years. But the way that Star Wars has been told through generation after generation, and you can see how that is tr- portrayed through its movies and how every single generation of fans of Star Wars love a different kind of trilogy, whether it's the the prequel trilogy, which is was around my age range. And even though I have have problems with that trilogy i still kind of hold it to my heart as a child people in today's day and age that grew up with the sequel trilogy will have that trilogy and then of course you have the og trilogy the trilogy that started it off that have the big three of the big three in star wars with han luke and leia so it's just an, an absolutely amazing transcendent franchise that star wars truly has become and is passed down from family to family really it, it really truly is unlike anything in in movie history and fandom history and i think when we look back on star wars it's just going to continue to be the gift that keeps on giving and i want to kind of talk about the the trilogies real quick and kind of talk about what i i think about star wars and, and all the trilogies and of course i think like everybody else there's a specific order that people have when it comes to doing the star wars trilogies and it's either doing it from the first episode to episode nine or from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy to the sequel trilogy there's just so many different scenarios that can you can come up with actually actually portraying and actually showcasing this to different people that might not be familiar with Star Wars. I used to be somebody on one hand who would want to kind of do it from chronological order from beginning to end. And that would start out with episode one. But over the last year or two, as I've been thinking about Star Wars and I've had the chance to really watch every single one of the films again, especially during the lockdown, I've always kind of seen myself thinking, you know what? I think the original trilogy is truly the the way to actually go and the, the way to actually kind of showcase it because that's really where it all started. And you get the mystery and, of course, the big buildup of the big twist and one of the biggest twists and one of the most iconic lines of all time from The Empire Strikes Back with I am your father. And so I think the impact of watching the original trilogy first to the prequel trilogy to the sequel trilogy is really kind of the way to go in terms of giving somebody their first time viewing experience because you don't get those kind of shock and awe moments if you watch from beginning to end. I think the original trilogy loses a little bit of its magic a bit if you kind of go through a digital age to a more practical old style way of filmmaking because of the technology that was utilized and was able to be used from the 70s and 80s to the early 2000s and and mid 2000s to what we got in the the mid to late 2010s with the sequel trilogy. So I definitely think that is the order to go in. If I had to rank the trilogies from what I thought was the best to the worst, I would kind of go in the order of when they came out. I would go the first one of course is the original trilogy. I would go number two being the prequel trilogy. And I would go the sequel trilogy being the the last trilogy of the bunch to really enjoy the most. I think when you look at the 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 OG, the OT trilogy, it really is the best. It's one of the greatest trilogies of all time in terms of telling this story with these characters from beginning to end. And I think even though there are issues, especially with the first two films in the prequel trilogy of Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones, 
I definitely do believe that when we talk about the this trilogy and we talk about the the way the idea behind it and talking about the origin story of Darth Vader and how everything in that franchise came to really truly be about I think it, it just had a plan from beginning to end and I think that's what the sequel trilogy was really 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 lacking from the from the beginning and I just think that film being able to not really have a cohesive plan in place and even though it started out I think on a very strong note the sequel trilogy and as much as I enjoy the characters of Rey, Poe, and Finn and also Kylo Ren I just didn't feel like it had that same cohesive story arc that I think you could really follow along and say this is where we're leading to and it just kind of landed with I think a really big dud and I think that's going to showcase in my rankings of what I think throughout all of the all the films and how I rank every single one of them. So I just think that in terms of the the, the, the trilogies themselves, I think that is where I really pretty much stand on on my trilogies and my ranking of them. And I put on Twitter in the morning when when talking about Star Wars Day, and I want you guys to answer it when you can on on, the, on my Twitter poll, which one is your favorite trilogy? Is it the, the original trilogy? Is it the prequel trilogy? Is it the sequel trilogy? And I think one of the great things about Star Wars that has persevered over the years is the way that I think some people look at them now and how they transcend time. And I think something like the prequel trilogy is a great example of that, where even though there are still a lot of issues with episode one and episode two, I think a lot of people appreciate those movies now more than they did when they came out in 1999 and uh, 2002 or three when Attack of the Colognes came out. So I think when we look at the the prequel trilogy, the one I think that's the one that has transcended over time the most, and I think that's something that maybe we can expect with maybe the sequel trilogy in five to maybe even ten years from now or even fifteen years from now. So we'll see where that goes. But I think that's one of the great things about. Star Wars is the the transcendence that it has of changing people's opinions throughout time. And I think that's one of the things that has happened to me the most where I have been able to look at my rankings of Star Wars and really be able to to switch up a lot of my rankings of these films and really kind of showcase where they are throughout throughout my, my rankings. And, and a lot of the times I'm always switching between one day I can like one film over the other and sometimes one film can move up a few spots and another film moves a few spots down. And I think that is the beauty of Star Wars where you just find little things that you didn't like before that you maybe like a few years down the road or things that you didn't like and then you love or things that you love and then didn't like and it, it just kind of rearranges a bunch of stuff or you find a magic again that reaffirms a positioning of a film for you and I think that's what I saw when I decided to rank my Star Wars films of what uh, of what my number one film was to where my number 12 film are and I am including all of these spin-off films in this as well so I'm including Rogue One I'm including Solo I'm also including the animated film Star Wars The Clone Wars so all these are really getting into my rankings and again I think all these films will stand pretty much the test of time and showcase the evolution of Star Wars and and, and again I think it just showcases that even if it's new or old 
it's just Star Wars is just so so special and I hope that does reflect in, in the rankings that I have for these films so I'm going to kick it off going from 12 to 1 so I'm going to start out with my least favorite of the Star Wars films and I think the obvious choice I think for a lot of people is Star Wars The Clone Wars the animated shows kind of movie launching point is the weakest of the Star Wars films I just think it's the fact that especially when you look at the Clone Wars television show and and excuse me how it's evolved throughout the years and you get that final season which especially those first those last four episodes are truly some of the greatest Star Wars content ever period I think when you look back on the first few seasons of the Clone Wars and that includes this movie it's very cluttered and and, and especially when you look at the animation the evolution of just Lucasfilm's animation period and I'll talk about that in the Bad Batch review it's just a night and day comparison so I think the lowest of the low at this point is Star Wars the Clone Wars then we get into the live action bits and I think for a lot of people the, the bottom of this order will be consistent for a lot of Star Wars fans and my number 11 is Star Wars Attack of the Clones and again this is one that I used to really love as a kid because I think for a lot of children you get a lot of the big action you get droids and Jedi's fighting one another it's really cool and a lot of that still holds up but for me kind of being somebody who reviews films and looks at films at a critical with a critical lens and sees different aspects there are a lot of issues with this film and a lot of it isn't on a technical level a lot of it has to do on on a, on a script level and when it comes to the dialogue on this film this is to me truly the worst written star wars script period i mean the dialogue in this is just painful and especially the chemistry between hayden christensen as anakin and natalie portman as padme just especially in this film which is very rushed and and you don't feel that chemistry that you really need to with these star-crossed lovers it just you don't get that kind of feeling and i just think it wasn't handled the best way possible and i think for george lucas even though he is a brilliant creator and innovator i think when it comes to his story senses and, and dialogue senses you can understand how other filmmakers and other screenwriters especially with the original trilogy took over those films and they were able to make what they were able to make and why Lucas never really took on any of the other scripts because I think this is another example of, of why that never really did happen and then sandwiched between two prequel films is my number 10 spot and that goes to the last film in the sequel trilogy and that is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and I think I had a lot more praise for it when I first saw it, but again, this is another one where every single time I watch it, even though, again, on a technical aspect, there's some awesome stuff to witness, and the performances are, are great as well, from Daisy Ridley and, and Adam Driver, and you get, a, a, I think, a really good send-off, and they did the best they could with, with Carrie Fisher's footage and, and really kind of giving her a send-off as Leia. I just think that the way that this really kind of showcases that there was no no plan at least, no overlying story, no clear focus, story focus with this sequel trilogy really showcases in this final film. And I just the way, think the way that they ended everything, if you're really making this the true ending, kind of like what Endgame did a few months beforehand in 2019, where that's the ending of this saga, these 22, 23 films, they were able to kind of land on their feet, tie up a lot of character arcs. This just didn't feel like that. I just felt like they were wanted to 
close this era of the Skywalker saga and then move on to what they're doing now with things like The Mandalorian and, of course, Star Wars A Bad Badge and, and on other Disney Plus shows. We're going to get like Obi-Wan Kenobi and casting Andor and Ahsoka in the next few years. So I just think they wanted to end this story and move on to something else. And I, it just didn't feel like I was like you were really able to kind of get that. And then at number nine is Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And again, this is one where I respected a lot more for what it did. And, and this is another one like Attack of the Clones where as a kid, I loved it. And then slowly kind of seeing it more from a critical lens, there were some things that I didn't really like. And I favor it a lot more even now than even when I really kind of came around to this film. But there are still a few things on it that I think just don't really work. Specifically, when you talk about Jaja Binks, unfortunately, it's just very clumsy. And, and I don't think they did the best job with that. I know they try to appeal to kids, but I think even when kids get out of that kid's phase and they watch this film again, it just doesn't really work i think the the dialogue of in this one is a lot better the the visual effects are revolutionary for this time period especially in 1999 1998 when they came out and i i think that the cast has done really well even with anakin skywalker's take even as a young boy I think is okay. It's a good way to kind of kick things off for the last two films. And of course, you get the Duel of the Fates, which is an iconic score from Star Wars. I think the big thing to take away from this film, and of course, the introduction of Darth Maul and the, the epic fight between him and Obi-Wan and Qui-Con is absolutely incredible. So I think it really holds up for a lot of people, but I think it still has some things that are an issue as well. And then coming in at number eight is the 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 first or the last really kind of spinoff film that came out and the first one I talk about on my list here, and that is Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story. I think it is, it, I'm now we're getting to the echelon of, it, it's okay, nothing great, nothing terrible, but okay. And I think that's exactly what Solo was. It was a harmless, fun, summer popcorn flick that came out in 2018 that had a, a daunting task, especially for Alden Ehrreich to portray this young, iconic Han Solo that's played by a iconic actor in Harrison Ford. And I think he did okay. I think they tell a, a, a cool origin story of how he was able to get the Millennium Falcon, how he was able to meet up with Chewbacca, and how he and Lando met. It did some nice things, but I don't think anything that clamors people to see these characters again. So I like that it was a different type of Star Wars film, but I don't think anything that was truly iconic. And especially, I think, how there was a lot of more behind the scenes drama with this film between the firing of Lord and Miller and the rewrites and Ron Howard kind of coming in and really kind of completely changing the dynamic of this film altogether. The questions of if Alden Ehrenreich would be able to hand this film, I think really kind of d deterred it. But I think in the end, it came out to be better than a lot of people thought it was going to be based on the bad PR that it was getting. But again, no PR is truly bad PR. And then, of course, we get to my number seven film, which is Revenge of the Sith. And again, to me, this is the best prequel trilogy out of all of them by a long, long shot. I love that it's a very dark take. And I think this is the true origin story of how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. And this is a film that has continued to have huge implications throughout the Star Wars universe to this day. 
way and I, and I love the the action the, the mature tone of this one I truly believe this is really a really good Star Wars film that I think a lot of people hold a lot higher in regard than even I do some people have it in their top three or top five Star Wars films of all time and it's right there in the middle for me of, of good to really good Star Wars films that I really do enjoy and love to kind of go back to and watch then of course we get into number six which is to me Star Wars The Last Jedi and this one I really did have on my list in high regard for a long long time but the more I watch it the more things I love about it but there are things that I also dislike about it and it's more in that 50-50 range now all the stuff with Luke I know that's very controversial and I, I <coughs> excuse me I understand why people don't like what they did but I I love the, the the take and the turn that Ryan Johnson did with that character I felt I felt like even in the force awakens they were kind of leaning towards that angle when we would be introduced to Luke so I loved how they explored that I love how Ryan Johnson kind of did a heel turn on the Star Wars mythology and the Jedi and the Sith and the rebellion I think Ryan Johnson brought a lot of great creative differences that I think helped Star Wars in it well it didn't really help them in the long run because I think they aren't really taking a lot of those ideas but he set up some really great things that I think nobody else really did in in Star Wars lore beforehand but unfortunately I think a lot of things that he did with Finn and Rose just didn't really work I felt like it, it was a rehash of what Finn went through in The Force Awakens and I just felt like it, you could have evolved the character a lot more and I think this was the beginning of sidelining the Finn character for the rest of the of the sequel trilogy but I also think they did a really good job with some of the other characters as well I mean, you. Uh, I just talked about Luke, but you also get into the story about Rey and the fact that she is nobody. And I love that storyline. And one of the biggest detriments to me about Rise of Skywalker is the fact that we don't get, I think, that conclusion and the continued evolution of that notion that Rey really doesn't come from this lineage. And also the fact that I think Ryan really understood the character of, of Kylo Ren really, really, really well. And I think the fact that, again, he's the one that is kind of this embodiment of just letting the past as he says in the film and just kind of just just letting everything that came before the jedi the the sith dark side light screw it all let's make something new and take it for ourselves and if he, i think he becomes uh, just continues this evolution as this multi-layered dimension villain that i was really excited to see in the last jedi so that's why it for me wasn't my number six spot but to me it couldn't eclipse the og itself which comes in as my number five on this list, which is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, the one that started it all, the one that really kind of it really kind of launched this this amazing franchise, this cultural phenomenon. I mean, you get the introduction of Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, the big three. This really launched their careers into the stratosphere in the upper echelons of Hollywood. And of course, you get the iconic Darth Vader. You get the iconic opening credit crawl and and the 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 amazing score by John Williams. I mean, this is where you get everything from the very beginning, which is why I think when you do start out watching Star Wars, you really truly need to start out with Star Wars A New Hope or as it was called at the time before the episodic names came into play was just Star Wars. So, to me it is my number 5 and it just goes to show how much I think of these other four films that I would put it over Star Wars A New Hope and my number 4 goes to the film that acts kind of like as a prequel and a, a, con a continuation of the storyline that comes in Star Wars or New Hope and that is the first spinoff to come in the Disney era 
and that is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And to me, this was a film that was the second film in the Disney era and the one that really, I think, showcased that Star Wars was back after a lot of people were very critical of where the the franchise went during the prequel trilogy. It really went back to the feeling of what the first few films were in the late 70s, early 80s. And this film, to me, was one where I remember hearing a lot of things about reshoots and they had to do a complete rewrite of the third act. And I think whatever happened, it worked for the better as this really is the the true war film in Star Wars. And this feels like something where it's about a mission and a cause and really showcases the grayer side of the rebellion that everything wasn't just good and bad and the rebellion was just all good guys. There were some things that they did in there that weren't the best. And you see that in people like Cassian Andor and Jin Erso. And I just think the way that they were able to capture all that was amazing while still also giving you the nostalgia that you all feel specifically with Darth Vader. And it gives us, of course, I think one of the most, if not maybe the most iconic scene now in Star Wars history, which is at the end, and you see Darth Vader just be this machine that has no conscience and kills everything in its path. It was absolutely amazing. It was a great theatrical experience. I remember sitting with a bunch of friends of mine, and one friend was a few seats down, and we just leaned over and looked at each other, both jaws on the ground, and we were just giddy with excitement from ear to ear. This is truly an amazing, different kind of Star Wars film. And I think it will always be in this upper echelon for a long time to come. And then just above that at number three is the film that that, that preceded Rogue One and was the film that started this whole new era of Star Wars that we have today in 2015. And that is, of course, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, my favorite film of this new era that we have gotten so far. And I really love what J.J. Abrams did with this film. I think especially after the bad taste at the time that people had for the prequel trilogy, a lot of a lot of fans wanted Star Wars to kind of go back to basics, practical effects, and not rely too much on CGI. Even though there is CGI in this film, you do get that feel of what made the first few Star Wars films, the OG trilogy, such a classic amongst fans, especially in the craftsman area of making these aliens and ships and different types of planets. And I think what J.J. did so well is even though he sets up this mystery box and you could definitely tell that in the eighth and ninth installment that those really weren't, I think, really kind of evolved and really finished in a great way. He did set up, I think, a great new era in Star Wars with amazing characters and and Rey and Finn and Poe and Kylo Ren was a really interesting villain. A lot of people thought because of the mask and and the way he has his lightsaber, he would have just been a ripoff of Darth Vader. But as you watch the film, that does not turn out to be the case as well. Kylo's a different type of villain, an emotional villain. It's completely different from the emotionless Darth Vader in in the original trilogy. And I know there are a lot of similarities to A New Hope with the Starkiller base and, and BB-8 kind of acts as the R2-D2 where he has the, the map to Luke Skywalker, which is really reflectant of what happened in episode four where R2-D2 has the plans for the Death Star and the first orders after BB-8 and the Empire was going after R2-D2 in episode four. But again, I just think going back to basics is what needed to happen to reintroduce people who were already fans of Star Wars while also 
also introducing again a whole new generation to Star Wars and it was again a, a phenomenal experience and I would say probably before the likes of Infinity War and Endgame came out probably my favorite theatrical experience that I've ever had before I saw Endgame and Infinity War I remember my heart was just pounding and pounding and pounding just waiting for this film just hearing the in IMAX the the surround sound the openings title sequence with John Williams iconic score it really just was a phenomenal experience and one that I'll never forget and and really just showcase truly how special Star Wars was and then to finish out number two is the finale of the original trilogy Return of the Jedi I just think the way that it, it kind of wrapped up if you were just to watch the the original trilogy as just three movies I think the way that it wraps up these characters and 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 finishes off all these storylines is a great emotional conclusion if you were just to stop at those two films or if you were just to watch episode one through six I think you get a complete story from beginning to end and I think if you just wanted to stop right there it's a great finale but it can't top what which was when at which was at what was at number one which was Star Wars the Empire Strikes Back which is one of the rare times that a sequel eclipses the greatness of the original film and that's exactly what this film did it expanded the Star Wars universe we were introduced to new planets new characters like Yoda we got of course the big reveal of I am your father in that film one of the most iconic lines and we were just introduced to so many great characters evolved relationships and and characters like Han Solo we were introduced to Lando Calrissian and Billy D Williams it was just it was just an, an amazing film that just was greatness one scene after another got amazing lightsaber fights battle ship battles on the planet Hoth it was just absolutely amazing and again i think showcase the magic of what those first few films did and why Star Wars is held to such a high standard today because it's again it's not just about the fandom but for creative people that want to continue to push the envelope seeing something like episode 4 episode 5 and episode 6 and what they were able to do with that technology at the very beginning in its infancy which is absolutely incredible and again using practical effects making all these miniatures and just making it all work which is absolutely incredible and I don't think really kind of laid the foundation for what we see today in something like Lucasfilm so The Empire Strikes Back to me is my number one film and I don't think anything can touch that for a long 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 time so I really love that film and again I really love all these Star Wars films for the most part and of course everything that Star Wars is doing right now with the Mandalorian and what we're gonna get in the future with shows like Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Acolyte and Lando and Ahsoka and the Rangers of the New Republic we're getting all this great Star Wars content for the new era on the small screen but of course we have some other great big screen stuff as well with Rogue Squadron which will be written directed by Patty Jenkins we have a Taika Waititi film. We have so many great things to look forward to with Star Wars that I think the future is really bright for it. And I cannot wait to see what happens moving forward. So that's my ranking for my Star Wars films. Again, from 12 to 1, I have The Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones, Rise of Skywalker, Phantom Menace, Solo, Revenge of the Sith, Last Jedi, New Hope, Rogue One, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, and number one being The Empire Strikes Back. So what do you guys think about that list? What is your list? Let me know in the comments section and on Twitter what 
what you think and leave your thoughts. But that's going to do it for this special Star Wars Day edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. So once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Public SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in on to the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out Goal Driven Professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Also, on the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Bissell Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-C-M-U-E-L. Again, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-C-M-U-E-L. And on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Also, you can find me on my YouTube channel at The Sam Bissell Podcast. So, once again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the special Star Wars Day edition of The Sam Bissell Podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of May the 4th. And as always... Keep on screening.